Hello everyone and welcome to the To A Lifestyle Podcast. I'm so fucking sorry this shit is not coming out on Sundays when it's supposed to or Mondays on your podcast platforms, but shit is a little crazy with the COVID-19 and with that, shit is being a little bit sidetracked every once in a while. And then all of that, we have a great interview today with Austin from Mantis X, uh, and that's just kind of how shit played out, and I wanted to make sure I got him on as quick as possible with this COVID-19 going on, and y'all, a lot of y'all are quarantined at home and whatnot, and I just want to go ahead and have him on here and just go ahead and... Uh, you know, just go ahead and have him on here. Let y'all tell, you know, let him talk a little bit about his um, company, his product. And a lot of y'all that are quarantined home, trust me, could benefit a lot from this shit. So I hope you enjoy this interview that I'm about to have with Austin and Mantis X. But before we get started into that, let's go ahead and start knocking out the fucking intro and house rules and all that other kind of shit. If you haven't already go ahead and hit the subscribe button to wherever you're listening to this podcast and if you can please leave us a review it is the best way for people to find gun related content to find us uh, so if they're searching through fucking apple Podcasts or whatever it may be uh, wherever y'all are, are listening to if y'all leave us a review and they're looking for gun related content hey to it lifestyle pop it's gonna pop up there so it's good shit also, we have social media. Go ahead and check us out on social media. We are under the number 2A Lifestyle on Facebook. And 2 spelled out, that is T-W-O-A Lifestyle on Instagram. And fucking guess what? We have a TikTok now. Uh, no videos posted yet, but we are under 2 spelled out T-W-O-A Lifestyle on there. So go ahead and be on the lookout for that shit. And... This being, if you have not noticed, is our anniversary episode. Well, fucking technically, this weekend is our anniversary, but since we are a bi-weekly podcast, this is going to be the closest we have to anniversary, and I'm hoping I can have my fucking video. I got all my fucking video shit uh, put in now for uh, us to do a video podcast, and that's when I'm going to start releasing some TikTok videos, some YouTube videos, all that kind of good shit. Uh, Hopefully, that's going to be coming up soon. I was hoping to try and have it this weekend, but... Unfortunately, a cord wasn't long enough, so I got to fucking order another cord. And due to the COVID-19 scare, uh, there's a lot of other shit. So, yeah, there's that shit going on. Anywho, go ahead and check us out on social media. Also, we have a Patreon account. If you like what we're doing here, please support us the best you can. All the shit that we purchased to make our videos and start doing a podcast, uh, you know, video podcast, is stuff that I bought with y'all's money that you give us either through affiliate purchases or through your patreon donations so every one of y'all that give us money on patreon i greatly appreciate it y'all are making this podcast better and giving us a better product for y'all to consume and with the quarantine going on there is plenty of y'all ready to consume some content i am noticing on our statistics of podcasts downloaded that those that are in stay-at-home states are you know our fucking numbers have gone through the roof Uh, And not only just in those particular states, but, you know, internationally. Actually, we've got quite a few listeners in Italy now uh, because of their stay-at-home stuff. Um, Fucking, you know, love Italia, all that kind of shit, being Italian myself. Um, So, fucking love that shit. Uh, So, y'all fucking be safe out there. You know, fucking enjoy yourselves. Don't become a fucking slave to the fear. Uh, that is the COVID-19. And with that, let's go ahead and start getting into this podcast in our interview with Austin from Mantis X. Yeah, how about you? How about you? 
all the homies doing good too. If a nigga tripping, we ain't really tripping. We got nothing to lose, got nothing to lose. Boy, I'm doing good, how about you? Turning into the main segment of the podcast, we have Austin from Mantis. And Austin, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> well, I was born in a small town. and no, I actually wasn't. I was born in California. But I live in Illinois now. We're infiltrating the uh, the least gun-friendly, one of the least gun-friendly states in the country. But uh, there's a lot of gun rights. People out here want to get outside the city of Chicago. But uh, I'm one of the founders of Mantis. We started this up about uh, five years ago now. Actually, six years ago, we started doing R&D on, on the first prototype, started shipping product four and a half years ago. Um, yeah, a shooter, longtime shooter, uh, frustrated with the lack of data-driven feedback on my own shooting, as well as uh, that of all my buddies. Wanted to know why they were better or worse than I was. <laughs> so that was the original genesis from, of Mantis, is that we gotta, there's got to be a better way to get objective data-driven feedback on how well I'm, I'm controlling this firearm. And so that's where we started, and it's been kind of a wild, crazy ride ever since certainly in a place where we, we never envisioned from the beginning where we would be. Um, but we're thrilled with the reception that uh, Mantis has had in the firearms community, and we keep looking to push the envelope even more. Absolutely. And uh, so you said y'all started about six years ago. Uh, but like before that, what kind of got you into farms? Uh, that's a hard question. <laughs> what, what got you into fire? I mean, you just like it. Like, what's not to love about it, right? It's therapy. It's marksmanship. You kind of uh, get, get in a flow-like state whenever you're shooting. Uh, it's fun. Um, it's competitive. There's a community around it of like-minded individuals. So I, I never made a conscious decision. Hey, I'm going to go into this, this sport. I'm going to go into this field. It's just, I just like guns. It's fun to shoot. So let's get better at it. Um, I, I would say I, I grew up in a, a household that was not gun-friendly. My... Um, my mom laid down a pretty strict rule at an early age that says no guns in the house, no, nothing that looks like a gun. You can't even have sticks and play cops and robbers. Like, I don't even want any semblance of that potential violence in our house. So we abided by that rule. But funny story, when my mom turned 60, for some reason, a, a switch flipped in her head and uh, she joined the NRA and went out and got some firearms training, bought her first gun. And uh, that was kind of licensed to all of us to give us permission to do what we wanted. Not that we didn't already own guns, but... Um, as adults, that's really when it came in, into fruition was, hey, uh, adults now went shooting, loved it, went hunting, had a great time. Uh, what, what have I been missing my whole life up to this point? Now, are you a uh, pistol, rifle, uh, PRS, shotgun? What, what, what type of shooting do you enjoy the most? Uh, so it's beginning more recreational type stuff. So, you know, get a pump action shotgun, just go shoot some clays, pheasant hunting, that kind of thing. Um, then pistol and rifle, you know, plinking and, and stuff like that. Not in the PRS side yet. Um, actually, my favorite type of shooting is, is to shoot. Uh, well, one of my favorite types of shooting is to shoot uh, with my my boys. I have a, a 22 rifle that uh, we shoot at, at 200 yards just with iron sights. And we try to hit little steel targets that far away. So it's kind of like PRS, right? It's a different, different Dif playing field. Uh, same principles, yeah. Sa same principles apply. Uh, but just that level of shooting of, of I'm not looking for anything high power, just a very precise uh, shot that's up my alley that I can do with my boys. That's awesome. So now, uh, what 
I mean, how many employees do Mantis has in its, uh, you know, in its employee at the moment? Right. So it's about 25 of us, a mixture of product development, engineering, and then all, uh, all the back office, I call it back office, but uh, the assembly, shipping, customer service support uh, side as well. So we do everything in-house. Um, we don't outsource anything to anybody. Uh, we do source components from different places, all U.S.-based, uh, all made in the USA stuff. So like our boards are made by a company out in California, but we design those boards. Um, our housings, the, the, the Glassfield Nylon housings actually come from a, a facility about a mile from our office here in Illinois. Uh, so it, it's all USA made, but all the components come here. We program them, all the units ourselves. We test it. Uh, we do all the design work ourselves. Everything's in-house. So uh, we've got a, a very robust team of people doing assembly work and testing work and shipping as well as all the, the front-end stuff of developing the product, developing the next generations of it, uh, developing the software side where the app updates come regularly, as well as developing new products that are kind of unrelated to the existing Mantis products. And you were talking about uh, complete, you know, still developing and whatnot. I know when Mantis first got, uh, you know, got its feet started and started really getting out there, there was a lot of people that were ragging on Mantis. And honestly, this is about the same time that I purchased my Mantis system, which is the, you know, the first gen, you know, product that y'all released. And I, I loved it. I fucking loved it. I had no idea what these people were talking about. You know, there's going to be limitations for every product that you have. Nobody is ever going to create the end all to be all the first get, you know, the first go around. Um, so what were some of the things I know you've got, how, how many different models do you have out at the moment? So I have five different models now. And I'll address some of the, the early criticisms and current criticisms too shortly. Five different models of our of our current gen. So the original Mantis X came out. We started shipping that a little over four years ago. And obviously the app itself, the software itself, has evolved massively since then. We had new features, new functionality all the time to it, and all those are free. Um, but since we launched the first one, you know, technology marches on. We said, okay, once it has some legs, we're like, you know what, let's use the latest and greatest technology and build the next generation based off of our learnings from the first one and see where that goes, which led to the launch of our Gen 2 stuff, which all came out last year. So five different models uh, ranging from in different price point, different capabilities. Uh, two of those models are for different niches than most probably of your audience uh, subscribe to, and that would be the pistol, or sorry, the shotgun side as well as the archery side. So skeet trap sporting clays as well as uh, target archery and, and bow hunting. Um, and there's some overlap, but uh, the biggest opportunities is definitely in the pistol rifle side of things. So three main models for the pistol rifle, the X2, which is dry fire only. The X3 has the same capability, but it's uh, live fire and dry fire. And the X10 that does uh, everything all the other models do. So it does pistol rifle, live fire, dry fire, as well as shotgun, as well as archery. And then in addition to all that, it adds some dynamic shooting stuff like uh, recoil analysis and holster draw analysis. And we're getting close to launching some dynamic shooting stuff that will include shooting on the move, rapid fire, and multi-target stuff, as well as as well as some other key stuff that that is yet to be yet to be named. Um, but all of that uh, all that said, in the early days of Mantis, I think there was a a big learning curve for us and for the industry as a whole. Of there's a way we've been doing things, and this is not the way we've been doing things. So how do I feel about that? And uh, the use of technology and rightfully so there's a certain argument that says well i'm a great shooter and i didn't use technology so why do i need technology okay fair argument like if, if you don't need it you don't need it right if you're already as good as you want it to be um let's let, let, go go do that you know you do you no harm no foul um 
on the other end of the spectrum, there's the argument of, of, okay, well, I'm as good as I am, but how much better could I get if technology unlocks some, some doors that were previously closed? Um, and there are, there are human limitations, which really drove the genesis of Mantis. The, the human eye can only sample so much. The human body, when it experiences a recoil event, uh, and we, we get used to this and we, and we start to filter some of that out, but it, it, a, lot, <laughs> a lot happens and the body doesn't know quite what happened. And so we see some things with our eye, we feel some things with our body, and what we try to do is construe this story out of what happened in a split second of time uh, with only a few data inputs. And, and sometimes, and sometimes more, more often than not, we, we create a false story. And what happens is we then train our brain to respond a certain way based off of the false story that we heard, and it leads to an outcome other than what we would want it to, to be. So... We said if we use data-driven feedback, provide it real-time to a shooter, can they improve more rapidly than if they don't have that data? Um, so there's no question there's a million ways to, to, to slice a loaf of bread. Um, there's a million ways to improve. You know, a, common, a common joke is you, know, you get five instructors in a room and you're going to get 10 different opinions about how to improve. And that's not to devalue the, the importance of an instructor. Uh, on the contrary, instructors are extremely uh, a crucial, essential uh, piece of the puzzle. Um, but if we give the instructors a greater tool set of, again, data-driven feedback, how does that enhance their ability to coach the shooter? Um, there are also limitations. Not everyone has access to an instructor or an instructor may rub someone the wrong way and they don't want to go back to that instructor. They gotta find a new instructor and they have to schedule range time and pay for it and all these other complicated logistical type questions that technology can really be uh, a, an enabler for. In addition, what we saw is a lot of classes are so focused on fundamentals uh, which they rightfully should be. I mean, that, that's the core of shooting proficiency is fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Um, that that really underuses the value of an instructor, right? So if you're still so focused on the fundamentals, which you have to be, but if, if you can't get past the fundamentals and you can't get into situational stuff, dynamic stuff, um, all this other accessory usage type stuff, because uh, you're you're you have to get over that that big hurdle of fundamentals first. And so we wanted to, to really solve that problem so that instructors could be unlocked to their maximum potential um, doing what they're doing. So give, give people a tool they can use by themselves at home, at the range. It'll give them this essential feedback to improve the shooter. So we put it out there. Um, one of the, the design decisions we made early on was, okay, we can show them all the movement. We can quantify and score it, which we think is essential because you, you want this detailed analysis of it. But if we give them any corrective feedback and, I, and the one of the the most malayed parts, I think, of the app, or if there is any criticism that is, that is offered, is the this pie chart that's been around for decades. Um, it says, and people say the pie chart is bogus, it's crap, it's not worth anything. Um, so Mantis, by virtue of having that pie chart in the app, it, that says, you know, too little trigger finger, you're healing, you're milking the grip, these other things. Since Since we are going to devalue the value of that pie chart, um, Mantis, which is based on that, is 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 equally devalued. Um, so it, we went to the root of all these arguments, and the root of the argument was this: these this pie chart is based on. By the way, am I talking too much here? Do you want to interject a question, or do you just want to let me roll? <laughs> no, no, I just let letting you roll, and just got the the questions you know mental, mentally saved up in my rolodex there. But yeah, okay. go ahead, go ahead. Cool, cool, cool. So the pie chart, um, we call it the spider chart, but the uh, the you know the, the the chief arguments against that pie chart are that um, it was created for one eye bullseye or one-handed bullseye shooting, which is irrelevant to two-handed 
you know, combat, combative or defensive or even competitive type shooting. So it was created in a different era for a different type of shooting. So therefore, it does not apply to the type of shooting we're doing nowadays. In addition, it uses words that we don't understand, um, like uh, like healing. Like, what does that even mean? So therefore, if we don't understand it, it can't be useful. So kind of some straw man arguments against it. Um, so what we did to, to and we we did a terrible job of of publicizing this because <laughs> we're engineers, we're not the marketing guys. Um, but we we studied the data and we said, okay. If we get, let's, let's approach this problem a different way. Let's look at the data and say, because ultimately we believe the data does not lie. So let's look at the data and say, if we present this potential, co potential solution to a particular movement pattern we see on the shooter and they respond to that positively, does it improve their shooting? So kind of the end justifies the means. So if we can get them to a, a, a more efficient place, more effective place faster than the alternative, then, it, then the merits stand on themselves. So we crunched all that data and the value of, of, of being in a software package. It's not just like one off anecdotal. This guy said it worked. And this guy said, no, we can look at hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of shooters and see what the impact of certain um, methodology is. And what we found is that when people responded to the corrective actions, uh, suggestions in the app based on the pie chart, they improved. Um, was it a perfect solution all the time? No. Uh, or are there situations when someone follows a corrective action and they would get worse momentarily yes absolutely but the point is it gave a potential solution that solved a lot of people's problems and then for those that it didn't it gave them feedback to say okay well that wasn't what it did instead of them thinking there's 10 different solutions which one do i do well let's eliminate one of those so try it out and then look at the data is, did the data show improvement or not if it showed improvement keep it up if not then continue on a different path so uh at the end of the day the 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 core ethos is the data does not lie. And when performance is measured, performance improves. And when we have this real-time feedback, our subneural pathways train themselves, um, and they train themselves very quickly. That's what human bodies are, are designed to do. And all the data that we have, at the end of the day, uh, the people that choose to share the data with us supports that when you train with Mantis and you train consistently, you don't have to train consistently. It's actually the, the threshold is very minimal once you achieve a certain level of proficiency. But you got to keep it up. It's, it's a perishable skill. It's not like it, it's kind of like it's not like riding a bike. Um, you have to keep it up or else it, it, it diminishes over time. But it, it showed when people use Mantis, they improve. And they improve faster than, than they would otherwise. So that's a Absolutely. long answer to a question. I don't even remember you, what you asked. But I'm going to stop <laughs> talking now and let you interject. Well, no, I mean, it's, you're, it's, I mean, you're very, very, very much right. I mean, uh, when I got my FBI firearm certification, uh, I, wasn't, I, I was okay at, you know, because you have to uh, you shoot a bullseye target and you have to get a so many score and it's all from 25 yards. And, uh, you know, I wasn't too great with the handgun that far out. And back then it was just, you know, dry fire practice, you know, Hey, you know, go home, dry fire practice, uh, and be ready because you actually have to pre-qualify before you go actually go to the course. And you have to do that bullseye target before you even go to the course. That's part of the pre-qualification. And uh, I remember that that's exactly what somebody told me. They said, just go home, dry fire practice. You, you're, you know, your trigger control is where you're messing up. Uh, basically going off of that pie chart, kind of like what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I'm 6'5". I got humongous gorilla size hands and it's hard for me just to you know for trigger control sometimes because a full-size glock still looks like a glock 23 to a normal person in their yep. hands 
so that was, you know, that's what got me in. And that's that's what got me into my, you know, starting into my firearms instruction uh, when I got that certification. And then, uh, you know, ex- I've said this on the podcast, told you before, before we started, uh, you know, being a firearms instructor, I use your Mantis program for anybody in my department to use uh, to get ready for qualifications. Uh, you know, most law enforcement, they only shoot whenever their qualification is coming up. And, you know, for example, like myself being a, I'm a single dad of two kids, have my kids full time, uh, got a girlfriend, full time law enforcement, plus uh, all the other stuff I got going on. I don't have enough time to go to the range as much as I'd like. And like <laughs> yeah. you said, it is a perishable skill. So if it's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm finally having a breather, uh, I can break out my Mantis X and I'll start, you know, aiming at the light switch in my room, just sitting on the bed, just, you know, turn on the turn on the app. And that's something else that I think is is really awesome is that uh, other stuff that I've seen, uh, not necessarily uh, just in shooting software, uh, but, you know, you have to pay for like upgrades. You have to pay for uh, updates and software, stuff like that. Uh, Mantis, you know, whenever I start it, it just automatically, uh, you know, updates the app. Once you purchase that, you know, main package, that's all. That's the only investment you got to have. And you can use it for live fire, but you can also use it for dry fire practice as well for the, you know, coming up with that substitute. Uh, and it's a, I, I personally freaking love it. And like I said, I just, I still got the first gen. I've had it for two or three years. And honestly, I think if I remember correctly, I bought it used um, with uh, a chronograph. Uh, I bought the Mantis X and the <laughs> chronograph at the same time off a, like a Facebook marketing marketplace ad. And uh, yeah. I was like, you know, hell, you know, I think I bought it for like 75 bucks. Uh, and then I think like an extra 50 for the chronograph. I was like, hell yeah, you know, I'll buy this. That's a, <laughs> it was a pretty good deal. And I've loved it ever since. Um, awesome. And some something else about your company that I found is really amazing is when y'all started coming out with the newer models last year. And it, when I looked up uh, your website, you know, y'all are still offering the, the trade-in credit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, for, like I said, back in the day when it first launched, a lot of people, it, it's a leap of faith for them to, to buy our product, right? We're, we're not a no name in the industry. Uh, we're all industry outsiders. We're all gun guys, but uh, we're not an established company with an established brand introducing a new technology that the industry had never seen before. So kind of like it had two strikes against us. Um, it, it really had to build everything from scratch. So for people that were early adopters to take a leap of faith on us, it's uh, we have a trading program now that says if you want to get your, your, your Gen 2, if you want to get, get all the upgrades of the Gen 2 hardware and software, we offer 100 bucks for a trade. So your $75 Mantis X, you can trade it in. You, you make a profit off of it. Absolutely. Because we don't care how many hands it's been recycled through, where you got it, if it's even working or not. Like Trade it in, you get 100 bucks off whatever new model you want. Um, it's just a, our way of saying thanks for taking a leap of faith on, uh, on us as a small company. Uh, and on the technology and the possibilities that it can unlock for you. And I think that's amazing. I remember talking to a buddy about it whenever I saw that trade-in program because I got the email about it. And uh, I said, you know, how often do you see like a gun company, uh, like say, for example, like EOTech or something like that? All right, you know, they just came out with the uh, latest, greatest EOTech or uh, Trijicon or whatever it is, and they offer you 100 to $200 uh, towards a new one, if you trade in your old one. And, you know, that is, you know, it's at the, it's a dent in the price, but still, you still have to pay an extra, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars $500, whatever, you know, depending on whatever model you're looking at on, on the site. Uh, but, you know, if you get $100 for your old Mantis, I mean, that you're looking at almost either 
50% of the costs or less of a brand new Mantis X. I mean, because your Mantis Xs aren't that expensive. It's, uh, you know, the, the most expensive ones like $200, $250 MSRP. Yeah, it's $250. Yeah. One, the cheapest one's 100 bucks. That's the dry fire only one. And people have, people have the old one. They're like, I, I want the new one, but I only use it for dry fire. I don't use it for live fire. They can just get a, a straight up swap. Uh, nothing out of pocket. And that's amazing. I mean, how I mean, how many companies would you know you could trade in your old one and basically get the exact same thing brand new for free? You know, it's right. it's it's awesome. And something else uh, going on. And I'm sure how is you know, I had a big, uh, big uh, thing about this on my last podcast. And of course, there's going to be some on this episode as well. Uh, just because how much it's dominating everything. How is the COVID-19 uh, craziness affecting your company? <laughs> Great question. So um, uh, we, we're in Illinois and we have a shelter-in-place order. Uh, we do have, fortunately as a company, a lot of our stuff can be done remotely. We do, we are, we do obviously ship stuff out every day. And so we're, we're allowed to do that. Um, our assembly team, uh, we do all the assembly here in-house. Uh, but what we did is gave everyone a box of supplies or a couple boxes of supplies and they can go home and assemble stuff and they come in on, on Fridays and turn it in and grab a new box and go out with, with, uh, while minimizing contact. Um, so we're still, we have a, a skeleton crew in the, in the office shipping stuff out. Um, and everyone else is working remotely. Uh, fortunately we've been able to, um, we haven't been negatively affected in terms of, uh, you know, drop in sales or lock, lack of interest in the product. In fact, there's been a, an uptick, I think, as uh, in, both in usage and as sales, as people realize, we've seen the massive gun buy that's happened in the last couple of weeks, as people freak out and, and want to be prepared. And I think they've also, those existing gun owners have realized, hey, from a training perspective, I'm not as prepared either. So we've seen uh, our usage data is up about 20%. So we saw kind of this step change up from before uh, all the, the lockdown started being announced to within a few days, you know, people were training more with Mantis at home because they, <laughs> they realized they needed it. And second, they needed something to do. Uh, Absolutely. We also launched a, a couple of quarantine competitions. So every four or five days, we're launching a competition on social media or a different drill. You got to achieve a certain score. Uh, we're giving out prizes for that just to encourage some fun, positive training uh routines while people are while people are locked down at home so that's at, awesome at this, at this point it's been we haven't seen a negative effect um and hopefully that continues obviously there there are lots of people in much worse shape than we are uh and our hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to those guys and and we try to help in our own little way but uh but we're doing good so far that's awesome so y'all are still paying your your employees i mean still working from home still paying them Yep, that 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 doesn't change. I mean, we believe that uh, it, through ups and downs, that you know, the I mean, you're nothing without your employees, and uh, if you if you let them go at the first sign of trouble, um, you, you're you're gonna have a hard time getting them back, and and so you ride it out through the rough times, and you you feast together on the good times, and you'll be okay at the end. So no layoffs, uh, no planned layoffs. We think we'll we'll come out on top. We think the world will come out on top at the end of this thing. And uh, we got a great team, and it's worth keeping everybody together. That's awesome. I mean, uh, everybody I've talked to as content creators, uh, if you can see statistically where your podcast or YouTube videos or whatever it is being downloaded, um, everybody is, see like you said, seeing an uptick. And it's because people are being sheltered in place. Um, you know, I'm seeing humongous uptake in the shelter in states. 
like uh, California, Washington, Oregon, New York. Um, and I'm sure that'll keep, you know, churning up in other states as they uh, issue shelter, uh, shelter and door orders. And yep. a lot of those people are without jobs, unfortunately. And if, you know, you're going through that hard time, you know, like you know, Austin said, you know, just go through the bad times. It's it's going to pass. Uh, but the fact that you are still paying your employee, that's amazing. And just so far, everything that we've talked about, about your company, and, and I don't want this to sound like a fluff piece or anything like that. There's a reason why I asked <laughs> you on is because, you know, I love y'all. I love y'all's product. And just seeing that the um, seeing y'all's quarantine uh, contest is what made me think, like, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna get Mantis on because, you know, what they're doing and I've had their product for, you know, two, three years now. And I, I think it's fucking awesome. Uh, you know, I want to bring y'all on and, and have y'all tell the story and all the listeners out there listening to the podcast. I hope you go and check out Mantis X. Uh, use some of that stimulus money. Just put a little dent in it. Get you a Mantis X. That way you can, uh, you know, practice from home because a lot of ranges are shut down and whatnot. Uh, so I think I think that is fucking awesome, and I think it is amazing. Uh, and one other thing too, something else. Uh, last year I went to uh, Quantify Performances uh, shootout there at the arena, and mm-hmm. you were one of the sponsors. Uh, are you a, a sponsor at a lot of events, or tell us tell us about some of the sponsorships that you do? So, like I said, we suck at marketing, and that's not our stick. We're, we're product guys or engineers, um, so it's, it's not our first and foremost stop. But Ash has been a, a uh, theme behind that, and uh, we've become good friends with him over the years. Uh, had never heard of the guy. Um, uh, we're introduced via a mutual friend, and he's been a great a great asset to us, a great partnership with him, so we're happy to support stuff that he's involved with. We do select uh, select sponsorships. We do a lot of, a lot of charities. Um, we donate stuff for raffles. Uh, we're, uh, a, a, there's a Clays for Kids program, for instance, that run or they donate funds they, they do fundraisers that are all around the shotgun sports for uh, ronald mcdonald house which is for families struggling with uh situation sicknesses related to um hospitalizations where the families can't afford uh, to stay nearby anyways so we, we donate to various causes through through charitable efforts either through through financial means or through product um events like the the uh, day in the arena we do because of connections and because uh those guys uh, it, it's a good market for us. It's a win-win situation. We help those guys out. They help us out. And it's a, it's a virtuous circle. Yeah. And actually, uh, one of the guys that, uh, picked up your product off of the uh, giveaway table, uh, he's one of my friends. He's another content creator on, on a uh, social media page and he has loved it. Uh, you know, he was kind of the same way, you know, some of the earlier things said about Mantis, he wasn't too sure about it from my understanding is what he said. Uh, but ever since he's gotten it, he said he's loved it. And he's using it all the time. He is he's actually the one that shared your post about the quarantine contest is where I first saw it, because, you know, you like and follow so many things on social media. Uh, <laughs> it just kind of gets kind of gets washed away in the timeline. Yep. Yeah, it absolutely does. So you, you talk about uh, being quarantined and being locked down and, and dry fire training at home. One interesting thing, you know, a lot of people haven't been convinced of the value of dry fire training. And uh, they say, you know, I, I just go to the range. You know, this is, I, I'd rather spend my money on ammo and go shoot live fire. And we, absolutely essential. But we wanted, we, we, we took some data, because again, we're data driven guys. We said, we want to know, like, how useful is dry fire? And can, can you, if, <laughs> there are certain issues that you have in live fire, but what happened, like, can you fix those issues by doing dry fire practice? So we looked at uh, a data set again of our user base. We said, um, Let's look at the key trends that people have when they're shooting live fire. And you're a firearms instructor. You probably know. 
what's the biggest like if you could say where their group is going to be in relation to the center of the target where is it most often uh damn near almost always off the fucking target not even not even <laughs> fucking on it off the target but no i, I get what, i get what you're saying it's it's normally uh, low right left the shooter yeah low, low left. left exactly right exactly right so a common recoil anticipation and then jerking the trigger that happened during that period of time well so we said and all of our data supported that we looked at yeah oh wow yeah it, we agree it's, it's everyone's issue and the data supports it and this is not just a sample size of three but a sample size of 10 million shots we said, well, what does the data look like from a dry fire perspective? What's the biggest issue? Like, how are people manipulating the firearm in that same uh, pre-shot break window of time? And it's low left. So they have the same issue in dry fire that they have in live fire, even without the recoil of the gun. And this was a, kind of a big aha moment for us. It said, okay, <laughs> if anyone was not a believer in dry fire and its ability to diagnose certain issues and tell you what you're doing wrong and then how to, how to correct it and allow you to work through those issues so that you can see impact at the range um the data does not lie and this that made us even more more strong believers in the value of dry fire when coupled with data-driven feedback to assess the quality of your trigger press um yeah so big, big finding for us if if anyone listening <coughs> is not yet an advocate of dry fire just try it out <laughs> have some faith uh, you'll see real results in your live fire results as a result of extended dry fire training at home that's free absolutely and you know you're saying that exactly and that's exactly what i preach to all my law enforcement officers that come up to me because i just not only qualify our uh law enforcement agency i qualify other law enforcement agencies as well and uh, i tell them you know they come up to me it's like hey you know what should i be doing to get ready for qualification you know i, I you know i got 100 or 150 rounds i'm like well 100 150 rounds ain't not gonna do dick to help you get ready <laughs> in a week uh right. i tell them i said you know, uh, go out there, you know, go just when you go to sleep, dry fire practice, aim at your light switch, aim at a, you know, a light plug, something. Um, and just constantly do that. And I tell them, I said, don't do it, you know, for an hour. I say, do it for like 15, 30 minutes max. Uh, but, you know, at least try and do it for 15 minutes. And you know, I say, if you if you just feel like you just want to take it out and measure it, go and go to the range. But, you know, just don't throw rounds, you know, at a target. Go there with a a plan, you know, just go there, especially if you only got 100 or 150 rounds, you know, go online, print like dot torture or, or something. Um, yeah. And, and you know, practice your skills and build those fundamentals. But you're right. Dry fire practice is the absolute best thing anybody can do to become uh, a better, better pistol shooter and a better rifle shooter. Yeah, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. There is a, a group, small, small group. Um, uh, that uh, they do they do a lot of training also have a youtube channel um they took a group of six people that had never shot a gun before or if they had it had been so long it essentially not shot a gun before and they put them through a six-week program where all they did was dry fire with mantis so that, that's all they did and they had and it was not very much it was 10 minutes a day so for six weeks 10 minutes a day so week one it wasn't even weekends. It was just Monday through Friday. So five days a week for six weeks, 10 minutes a day. And here's what you're going to do. And they worked them through this progression of different things they were doing, um, all using the Mantis. And then <clears throat> at the end of six weeks of dry fire only, zero live fire, they went and had these six newbies that had, again, essentially never shot a live round in their life before, take the FBI qual. And every single, every single one of them passed after That's amazing. doing dry fire practice. So again, I know... I'm preaching to the choir here, but 
if someone has is not yet a believer in the value of dry fire, uh, please just give it a chance. Absolutely. If you're a listener and you haven't really done dry fire practice, you know, and you don't believe in the Mantis system, go out, shoot some sort of qualification. Just just pick any qualification on the internet, your local police department, state, you know, post requirement, FBI, whatever it may be, try it. And then, like you said, just do two weeks of dry firing, nothing else, and then go back and shoot it again and see how much your scores improved. And I guarantee you, after just dry firing without Mantis, just regular dry firing and see how much your scores improved, you will understand the importance of something like the Mantis. And yep. it saves you saves you time and, and ammunition, even though, you know, you know, putting rounds down range, you know, nothing can really substitute for that. But dry firing is the closest second you can get. And then Mantis improves that training that much more uh, in dry firing practice. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Austin, is there anything else you can think about uh, where you want to tell people to find y'all on social media? Uh, yeah, if you search for Mantis X, Mantis Tech, um, you'll find us on social media. Uh, you'll find out about all the current stuff we got going on. Uh, we post occasional stuff about new stuff that's coming out in the pipeline. Uh, pretty excited about some new products that are coming out. Be shipping in a, in a couple months and then later on this year that are in the training realm, but kind of in a different dimension than Mantis. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Anything you want to give a sneak peek on? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I will because we're showing it off at Shot Show. Um, one of the <laughs> one of the things that sucks about dry fire training is that unless you have a double action, you're you're racking the slide or 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 tar- run the charging bolt um, or run the bolt on your AR between every single shot. So you break position. Um, it's still still worth doing, but it, it, it's kind of a hassle. And kind of interrupted to the process. Um, so we've been <laughs> since we eat our own dog food. We're 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 dry fire advocates ourselves. Uh, we're trying to solve this problem. So we have a product, our first product in this category. Uh, it's called Blackbeard. We'll be shipping it in June, and it's a replacement. Um, is for your AR-15. It's a replacement for your bolt carrier group and a magazine. So you, all you do is pop the pin, pull your VCG, drop the mag, put our new BCG device in there along with our magazine which is a battery pack and what it does is it allows you to do as many reps as you want to um as fast as you want to with your actual break and your actual reset so it resets the trigger for you so as soon as you break that shot it resets the hammer it resets the trigger for you so that you can take another shot again and it comes also with a laser optional laser uh, so you can see point of impact data so all of a sudden it makes dry fire with an ar realistic because it's, it's your actual break your actual reset your actual optic like your actual everything it's not a simulated weapon it's your actual weapon so you index to all the same stuff uh, gives you point of impact feedback you can go as fast as you want to um super long battery life it, it's it's super super fun and all of a sudden it makes you want to pull the ar out of the safe out of the closet and actually do some practice with it because yeah. uh, it's a lot more fun uh when you don't have to, to run the charge and handle so we're super excited about that. That ships in June. There's just a few months out on that. That's awesome. What's the MSRP on that? <clears throat> so depending on lasers. So if you get it without the lasers, two hundred bucks. Uh, if you get red, I think it's two twenty. Green is two fifty. That is not bad. I mean, that, that's not bad. That is, um, that's pretty cool. I can see myself getting that and then uh, pulling out some of my kids' old toys and and doing some house clearing with that. Yep, uh, that's exactly the point. And we have uh, along with that, we have some because it's laser based. 
we have some software, a different app that'll be used that can be used that not required, but, but can be used with that to introduce all sorts of, of cool training drills um, that you can do with, with point of impact data. And obviously it will work with Mantis as well. So a lot of flexibility, just increasing the ability for people to train in a dry fire environment in, a, in an effective, affordable, uh, efficient way. That is awesome. That's that's freaking awesome. And that's shipping in. That's being being shipped in June. Are y'all taking pre-orders on that? What, what's uh, what's the? <laughs> because we suck at marketing, um, <laughs> we don't <laughs> we haven't publicized much about it. You, if you if you Google it, Mantis X Blackbird, you can find a page where you can pre-order it. And we do have actually quite a few people that have seen a video or two from Shot Show um, and pre-ordered it. Uh, but we will be shipping it in June. So it's waiting on the final production uh, stuff to come in. And then, like, like I said, we build them all here ourselves and do all the final testing and shipping before they get shipped out to the customer. That's awesome. Well, great. Austin, if you want to stick around, we we'll go ahead and start uh, breaking in some of the news that's going around in the, the gun community and the gun world and, and see what's going on. All right. Thanks, man. Awesome. You want to stick around? Yeah. Awesome. Well, the first story I'm going to be covering comes from the Firearms blog, and this actually was posted uh, the – 28th or 29th, I believe. Remington Arms is going to dedicate 1 million square feet to make medical uh, supplies. Uh, Remington has come out and said that if uh, Governor Cuomo wishes, uh, they're, uh, you know, have a million square feet of their factories set aside, I'm assuming in New York, uh, to make uh, medical supplies for, you know, overtaxed um, hospitals, first responders, things like that, uh, you know, obviously due to the COVID-19. Uh, but I think it is awesome uh, just the fact that Remington is going on and, and, you know, kind of putting their money where their mouth is to make sure that everybody kind of comes out this safe and, and good to go. Um, and kind of along with that, uh, another great company that has gone and is going to make items for first responders is Blue Alpha Gear, CODIS, and Flatline Fiber Co. Now, Flatline Fiber Co., I have actually bought some of their stuff before, and they've actually sent me some stuff. Uh, so I bought and received some items from them. They are making uh, medical masks for first responders, and this is obviously not the M95, which is what everybody is talking about on uh, fucking you know, social media on what the medical personnel are supposed to use but according to the cdc this is kind of like the last line of defense and it looks almost like a surgical mask uh but it's a little bit tighter fit around your face uh and i think that is awesome uh that you know the gun companies and you know the gun community is coming out there and they are willing to help out uh first responders and just kind of put their own i guess you would call it their i, I guess you would say uh, you know, their own business aside, making whatever they make, uh, fl flatline fiber, uh, they make uh, ear pro wraps that go around the top. Blue Alpha Gear obviously makes uh, belts and things like that uh, to kind of stop making their own, stop making their own products. And they're making uh, respirators uh, for first responders. Um, have y'all had, you know, you said you've donated uh, some things. Uh, are y'all doing anything up there besides just kind of letting your employees work from home while still paying them, which is, is still plenty enough and fucking amazing. Yeah. So it, funny enough. So I, I applaud those efforts of all those companies to offer uh, the space and the capacity to manufacture this stuff. And ultimately what I love is that it's bringing some of manufacturing back into the U S. So as an aside, we have uh, all of our stuff domestically sourced. 
Um, we do have in the past some Chinese suppliers that we've worked with on some stuff, on some stuff. Um, and a couple of them reached out saying, "Hey, we got N95 masks. We can we can ship these, and, and, and have, they can be there in three days, any quantity, and here's the price and whatnot." So we've actually reached out to um, the state of Illinois uh, to say, "Hey, we can source these from overseas." Um, it's overseas, it's not domestic, but we can source them. They can be here very, very quickly, um, as well as uh, COVID-19 test kits and other stuff. So um, we're working with the state right now to see what we can do. Not from, We're not going to manufacture them ourselves, but be a middleman to bring them in. Obviously, we're not profiting from any of this stuff, um, but to help, help any needed supplies uh, within the state of Illinois and hopefully beyond. Um, but what I love is that we need to, regardless of what happens from abroad, you know, the, the Russians sent a, a, a plane full of, of medical supplies um, to the U.S. to help us out. Like, regardless of, of we need to develop this, this capability in-house. So I love that <laughs> this is forcing us to do that. I, I hate the tragedy that this virus is, but I love that it's, it's forcing us to say, you know what, we cannot be dependent on foreign suppliers for our medical supplies. We have to have this capability for, for masks all the way up to ventilators and beyond. Um, so hopefully this is a shift back to uh, a reliance on American manufacturing in the long term. Absolutely. Now that you're saying that, uh, this is an article that comes to us uh, from the Firearm Blog as well. Uh, and it's basically talking about new gun owners and learning to talk about gun safety. And this is something that uh, I've talked to shop owners around the country uh, when this first really started hitting the U.S. And they are saying that they are having, and hell, even locally. You know, I'm, I live in Alabama. Uh, which is a very friendly, gun-friendly state, but there's still lots of people that are anti-gun and pro-gun control. Uh, but you know, you're seeing tons of people that were anti-gun are now out buying guns, and it to me, I think this is going to be great for uh, our gun rights because I think after this, once those voters start seeing that the politicians that they were voting in to try and take away their firearms rights. Uh, say, you know, hey, this is something I don't believe in anymore because, you know, with the COVID-19 scare, I believe that's something that is a fundamental right that we need to have. Uh, but I think you need to, if you know somebody that just bought their first firearm, please teach them the four fundamental rules of firearm safety. And if you have a mantis X or tell them about a mantis X, because, you know, a lot of people uh, that purchase firearm for the first time, and then I guarantee a lot of these people that are bu uh, buying firearms for the first time, they're just going to buy firearms so that way they can feel safe uh, in case something happens, something goes bump in the night, they have a firearm, uh, goes bang. Uh, but, you know, if you have no training, you have no experience behind pulling the trigger, you are very dangerous with firearm, uh, you know, either injuring yourself, your neighbors, uh, you, you know, your family members that live inside your household, that kind of stuff. Uh, that's something that's very important. And if that's the case, I hope you go reach out to somebody uh, either through Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, Messenger, text, whatever it may be. And just tell them, say, hey, if you ever need to know how to operate your gun, to take it apart, to maintain it, um, you know, anything, uh, just go to show them this is what you can do to train at home a.k.a. dry fire practice, to know how to manipulate your firearm and things of that nature. That's something that you need to do. And your company is a, a great company to do that. Point them towards Mantis X and, and tell them this is something that you can do to become proficient at your firearm while we're having this, you know, self-quarantine, stay-at-home orders going on around the country. Yep, I, I can't agree more. I think that the best thing for the 2A movement is for more people to own guns. The second best thing is for them to be competent with those firearms because – the, the thing that can hurt is a 
gun owner having neg negligent discharge or uh, hitting an innocent bystander or just acting in some unsafe way that will put a black mark on, on the whole community. So I think you're absolutely right. We, we shouldn't be, we, we haven't crossed the finish line yet, right? So celebrate the small victory of increased ownership, but realize that we got to get these guys trained too. In whatever way, shape, or form that is, they got to move up that ladder of competency and proficiency, in order to, in order to be a, a, a long-term asset to the two long-term asset to the two A community. Absolutely. And uh, talking about victories, um, the FPC, the Second Second Amendment Foundation, and even the NRA is a little bit has filed lawsuits across the country in regards to these governments shutting down what they call non-essential businesses. Uh, and a lot of these non-essential businesses that some of these uh, gun control and liberal states are talking about are gun stores. And this story comes to us from Ameland, but there's also several stories from across the country uh, where the NRA, the FPC, the S uh, Second Amendment Foundation, SAF, has filed, uh, not necessarily filed lawsuits, but they have given, uh, I'm even, I knew what they were called, but basically legal uh, orders saying, hey, if you continue to do this, we're going to sue you in court. Um, and a lot of these states have backed off because the Adam Kraut, uh, who is amazing for the gun community, uh, yep. he has posted a lot of news stories about this recently on his personal social media and his, uh, I guess you would call it public figure social media uh, about the stories that they're doing. But unfortunately, the Los Angeles County Sheriff has reversed course again. He has flip-flopped several times, but he has ordered again for gun stores to be closed to the public uh, because he considers them non-essential businesses. Uh, so again, this is important for your Second Amendment rights. Talk to your local officials, talk to your sheriffs, talk to your, uh, you know, your governors and mayors, county commissioners, whatever it may be that are issuing these orders that are closing what they call non-essential businesses, and make sure that they know that gun stores are essential and the fact that they are, uh, you know, especially with so many people buying them uh, firearms at the moment. And if they're buying them uh, because they're scared of these uncertain times during the COVID-19 scare, uh, you know, firearms are very essential. And the fact that and I'm sure you've heard about this, Austin, there are new stories uh, in states where they have second background checks on top of the NICS checks like New Jersey, Colorado, California, uh, where they have their own state background checks. Uh, I last I heard is that like New Jersey and Colorado, uh, their state background checks are backed up two or three months. So you purchase your firearm, you go through your NICS check, NICS checks, some of them, if you're still relying on the phone, uh, talking to my gunshot buddies, if you're not using the e-check, uh, if you're calling them over the phone, uh, they are saying that it's going to take days for them to come back. And, you know, according to the national law, if you don't get a, uh, a go or no go within three business days, you're automatically given to the, you know, given the firearm. But in these states where they have these secondary state background checks, you know, they don't have those kind of stipulations that you have to wait until the state background check is done. And in Colorado, New Jersey, you're looking at two or three months before you get your, you know, allowed to even take possession of the firearm that you already paid for. And I think that is going to be a humongous lawsuit that hopefully the uh, FPC or the SAF files later on down the road to where they say this is unconstitutional, a right delayed is a right denied, and a lot of these secondary background checks are going to be ruled unconstitutional. And I hope that Adam Kraut and the people at FPC and SAF are the ones that lead the charge in regards to this because I think that is going to be a humongous Second Amendment victory once the scare dies down. 
I agree. I, it, it, the bear's been poked. Um, and we saw this a few months ago with, uh, you know, certain states talking about restricting rights. And uh, and so, so other states started passing preemptive sanctuary counties and sanctuary cities and other stuff preempting uh, state legislation. So I, I, I think there's a situation where um, after the scare dies down, uh, people will realize, OK, you know, we know this is going to happen again. We don't want to be in this place. We're going to work for legislation to be in our favor to allow again, the recategorization recategorization of gun stores as essential or uh, new new laws or legislation regarding what's legal and what's not regarding background checks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think in a long-term, short-term pain, there's going to be some long-term gain that, that comes out of this. Absolutely. And this takes us to our next story. Uh, this actually comes to us from Amelan, and this was published on the 28th. Uh, this goes on to say that truckers call for Second Amendment right nationwide during an emergency. And uh, being in law enforcement and still having to go to work, I see pretty, a lot of the only vehicles that are left on the road are these 18-wheelers, these semi-trailers, uh, because honestly, that is what makes this country run. Uh, if the trucks stop, you know, I think I've read that there's only three to five days of food left on the shelves. And obviously, after this uh, COVID-19 scare, we found out there's only two hours worth of toilet paper on the shelves. Uh, so, I mean, we need the trucks to keep on running to supply us with the stuff we need to live. Uh, your food, hygiene, things of that nature. Uh, and truckers are very easy targets uh, because they're not like, you know, they're not like you and me if we go uh, cross country or we can stay in hotels. You know, they stay in their semis, they stay at these truck stops. And a lot of times these truck stops aren't really the safest places in the world. Uh, there's lot lizards, there's, uh, you know, drug addicts, there's scammers that are looking for easy prey among these uh, truckers. And, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, these truckers aren't allowed to carry because they drive for some big company. But a lot of these independent truck drivers, uh, they can carry. But if you are going from uh, Alabama to Chicago, which is, uh, you know, totally plausible. Uh, I'm actually used to live up near Chicago. My stepmom uh, lived in uh, near Chicago for the longest time. Um, so you know, there's a lot of traffic between like Alabama, Chicago, Detroit, whatever it may be. And so if you go from Alabama to Chicago, you know, your Alabama pistol permit is good in Tennessee and good in Indiana, which I think it goes through a little bit of slice of Indiana. But once you get to Illinois, you are no longer allowed to carry that firearm. Uh, yep. Because it is deemed illegal, you know, Illinois, uh, their reciprocity on their concealed gun, Harry, uh, concealed carry permits is fucking garbage. And yep. that's something that needs to be changed, uh, if not at least with national reciprocity, which is ideal. Um, you know, if you Illinois recognize an Alabama driver's license, they should be able to recognize an Alabama concealed carry permit. Uh, but at least during a state of emergency like this right now. Uh, you know, truckers need to be able to um, to defend themselves, to protect their lives. Uh, you know, I'm sure the companies would appreciate them protecting the cargo in there if somebody tries to steal. Because if somebody's willing to steal something out of the back of your trailer with you sleeping in the in the, the sleeper cab, you know, they're more likely than willing to also take away your health and well-being and safety in your life uh, while they steal that product in in the truck. You know, in the back of your trailer. And, uh, you know, a lot of podcast listeners are truckers because, hell, that's all they do is they sit on the damn, you know, driver's seat driving, you know, for hours at a time. So if you're listening to this and you're a trucker, I appreciate what you're doing. You guys really are some of the most essential employees out there. 
uh, along with first responders and medical staff and this whole uh, you know, COVID-19 scare that was going on. Uh, and I completely support, you know, during a national emergency and hopefully and that some, you know, some national reciprocity that your concealed carry permit from the state that you live in is recognized everywhere you go uh, because you truly are interstate um, travelers and you need to have that right recognized everywhere. I agree 100%. And I think uh, while they're on the road, as soon as they finish listening to this, they can call the congressman and say, hey, we need to think about this. We need, we need to push this through. I think it becomes even more essential in a situation where, and thankfully we haven't gotten to that point with this scare, but a situation where um, there are shortages uh, and, and all of a sudden uh, the, the cargo in that truck is a lot more valuable than it used to be. Uh, so they are in a lot more danger than they would be now um, or in, on a normal routine truck run, so to speak. I mean, if, if someone's hungry, they turn into a different human being entirely. And so uh, I think they need to have the right to carry and protect themselves as well as the, the cargo that they're carrying um, to the end user, just like the rest of us do. Absolutely. Uh, this next story comes to us from Gat Daily. And Pennsylvania bill would ban direct internet ammo sales and require a $50 permit to buy ammunition. This comes to us. It was published on March 23rd. And uh, Pennsylvania, if uh, you listen to this podcast any amount of time, I have no love for that state. If you are from there, I'm sorry. Uh, but my crazy fucking ex-wife is from there. And I went there one time to see her family. And I based my entire view on that state based on my ex-wife and unfortunately that fucking trip. So I feel bad for you, uh, but that's the way I fucking feel. If anybody is, is crazy or an ass and I see they're from Pennsylvania due to their driver's license or their tag, I say, well, that fucking makes sense. Uh, so, you know, if you live in Pennsylvania and you're a Second Amendment advocate, talk to your legislatures and hopefully you can shoot this down. Uh, again, this next one is coming to us from Cook County, and this also is from Gat Daily. This is right around the corner from you, uh, and it was published on March 20th. Cook County, Illinois is trying to tax firearms purchases, $25 fee for one purchase and a five and one cent surcharge on ammo. Uh, so that is what they're trying to do. Uh, it is being appealed uh, according to the Cook County taxes on firearms and ammunition. Um, and so we shall see this, uh, the taxes were enacted actually in 2012 and 2015. Uh, it was actually shot down initially, uh, but it looks like Cook County is going to try and bring this up to a higher court. So that way they can try and not only get tax revenue, but also to deny people their essential rights. What's interesting and what's going to happen is the second second order effect, right, is that Cook County is not that big. And you got all the neighboring counties, which are, which are much more gun friendly. So and, and actually in Cook County itself, there are very, very few few gun stores. Uh, so all it's going to do is send people to other counties to buy. Uh, so the any tax revenue that they would have gotten, they're going to see go to a different county. Absolutely. And, you know, you're exactly right. All of uh, Cook County is Chicago, but all of Chicago is not Cook County. <laughs> That's right. But uh, next story comes to us from Ammo Land, uh, and this was published on the 25th. Uh, and this is uh, from the Gun Owners of America to the FBI: Do not shut down America's ability to purchase firearms. And basically, this is the Gun Owners of America talking to the FBI because the uh, president is obviously getting a lot of his, um, I guess you would call it information, his advisors. Uh, obviously, some from the DOJ and the FBI talking about what is essential and what is not essential. Uh, and I think this 
at the moment, this is a moot article because uh, obviously things have changed. But with the way this COVID-19 scare is going on, it is still constantly ever changing. Uh, and I still want to keep this into the show uh, because nationally, they, you know, nationally, the FBI and the president can say gun stores are not an essential business. And especially the way panic buying has been going on, uh, you know, some of the, the pictures and videos I've seen from gun stores all across America, the, you know, they are saying that they're getting bigger crowds during this panic buying than they do on Black Friday. And it is very uh, essential to not only just to our constitutional right of Second Amendment, you know, shall not be infringed. Uh, it is also very essential that Americans are able to protect themselves with the use of firearms because these are crazy fucking times. Uh, if you know, something happens with our infrastructure, whether it be the roadways, gas, whatever it may be. Uh, like I said, there's three to five days worth of food at your local Walmart for everybody in your town. And that's, you know, so it might be a little bit less, it might be a little bit more. Uh, but within a week, the grocery stores will be bare if you're not able to get your proper supplies. And eventually what's going to happen is they're going to start looting, uh, going to your neighbors. Uh, you know, hey, I saw Joe Blow down the street, you know, walk out with, uh, you know, a humongous cart of toilet paper and some canned food. Let's go to his house and, and get what we need. Uh, and that's where the Second Amendment is, you know, vital. Uh, and that's what uh, 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 the 20, was it 2012, 2013 uh, D.C. Uh, versus Heller? You know, that was what the Supreme Court has said is that uh, firearms ownership is a basic necessity uh, for personal security. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. And I think the COVID-19 experience has made people heightened to the fact that first responders may be incapacitated. Um, so even if you were once relying on them for support or, or had that belief, which which we do, right? That's why we have them in mean, the system. But um, a certain percentage of them could be incapacitated. They could be, they could be in the hospital. And all of a sudden, their ability to enforce the law is gone, regardless of, of, of where things were before. Now it's gotten even worse, right? So ultimately, at the end of the day, your safety, your protection, your freedom is your personal responsibility. You can't depend on anybody else for that. Absolutely. And then with this next uh, article that we got from Amelan, I think this is important. And some of these articles I put in here uh, is because, you know, I think it's important that you have the knowledge to uh, argue with anybody that is for gun control and you have the proper and accurate knowledge to defend your arguments and for the Second Amendment. And this comes to us from Amelan and it says in praise of private sales during a time of panic. And this was published on the 24th. Uh, and basically, the main gist of this article is talking about how we were talking about earlier how the NICS uh, system is is so backed up. Uh, you know, most people are getting their firearms if their gun store is using the old phone system uh, to do NICS background checks. You know, they're waiting three days to get their firearms. Or if they live in a state to where uh, you have to have the second uh, second round of state background checks, you know, you're looking at much longer. Uh, but if you have private sales and there's no need for a universal background check to close the quote-unquote gun show loophole, uh, you know, private sales are booming right now. I see them all over uh, Facebook Marketplace, even though they're not supposed to be there. Uh, I see them all over arms list. And, you know, I know a lot of people that have been going through their gun safes. Uh, you know, I have a, a shit ton of guns myself. I don't want to part with any of them. But a lot of these people are going through their gun safes and say, what, you know, what's something I haven't shot in a while? What's something I haven't taken to the range? What's something I just don't need? I can make some good money, you know, some good quick money off of it, uh, not charging, you know, 
cheaper than dirt prices. Uh, but you know, making a little bit of money on a firearm that they never used that they probably couldn't sell when there was no panic uh, because normal gun guys don't want them. Uh, but there's plenty of people right now that need their first firearm they feel to protect themselves. And that's what is going on. So private sales are first off, you know, the private sale of anything should be allowed in America. Uh, but even the fact that it's a uh, fucking good, uh, you know, it's for the second amendment. You just need to leave it alone. Just stop, yep. stop fucking with it. Basically. Yep. I got nothing to add to that. hundred percent. Right. Well, go ahead and going on further into the news story, uh, just going on, go ahead and collecting, uh, some of the things here. Now, obviously with the uncertain times that we're in, there's been a lot of preparedness, uh, articles out there. Uh, some are good. Some are shit. On our last episode, we talked a little bit about preparedness and some things, uh, I'm not going to go into too much about it, uh, but some things I th think that people need to know if you're listening out there, uh, especially so you could be prepared for the next time this happened, because, you know, this is the first time this has happened in our lifetimes. Uh, but history tells that it will always happen again. Uh, and people need to be prepared. Uh, so some things that you need to have yourself, especially in this quarantine, uh, is cold medications. Uh, you know, we're having a lot of uh, degree shifts here in the South. Uh, so people's sinuses, especially mine, are, are acting fucking crazy. Uh, it's still cold in a lot of areas. Uh, obviously, you need to have your food, non-perishable foods, uh, caffeine if you're one of those people. Uh, I don't drink coffee, but I drink energy drinks, so that's something I need. Uh, you know, get some snacks, treats, that kind of stuff. Hygiene supplies, and not just damn toilet paper. You know, deodorant, whatever it may be. Uh, make sure you're peeing up your your Wi-Fi and your streaming services. Uh, make sure you also have hobby supplies. This is something actually me and my girlfriend did this past weekend. Uh, you know, with uh, the stay-at-home order and closing a non-essential businesses finally in Alabama, uh, we went out and got uh, a couple books, uh, a puzzle. And some other stuff to kind of keep us, you know, occupied during the week uh, while uh, both of our kids were away at our exes. Uh, exercise. This is something that has been driving me personally and a lot of people I fucking know crazy. Um, a lot of, you know, all the gyms now are closed. Uh, that's the thing that honestly pissed me the, you know, pissed me the most off about the closing of non-essential businesses. I actually do have a little home gym here. Uh, it's actually in the same room that I have my uh, recording studio. Uh, so I, you know, use my rowing machine, free weight, stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, make sure you take care of yourself, keep up with your health, uh, because honestly, that's one of the biggest things that's going to help fight off this COVID-19. Uh, pet supplies and medical records. Uh, those are 10 things that you definitely need to do or have with you while you're being quarantined. Um, and I think that is going to be the end of our uh, main segment. Is there anything that you want to add, Austin? Uh, no, I, just in terms of preparedness, I, I agree 100% with all those things you did. I, the other thing I, I realized is that there's certain skills I need to acquire. Um, I went out and got some seeds from my garden. Because uh, if something happens to the food supply, like I need some backstop there or fresh produce goes away. Um, I need to make sure that I'm stocked up on supplies for the house. If you lose utilities in some way, shape, or form, do you have you know some water storage? Do you have you know enough uh, warm stuff for the cold days? And uh, yeah, you prepared with other backup options there. So, I, I well, again, one of the good things I think has come out of this whole thing is it, it's wakened people up to the fact that they are responsible for their own well-being. They cannot depend on Big Brother. Cannot depend on an organization. 
um, to take care of them. They need to ultimately learn those skills to take care of themselves. So I think there's a positive shift that can come from all of this if we do not forget um, the lessons that history is willing to teach us. Oh, I, I definitely think, and I've heard so many different uh, content creators and media personalities talking about this, is that this is honestly going to change the way we live our life in this country. Uh, people are going to become more self-reliant. They're going to realize that they're not going to be able to um, rely on their government as much as they used to. And, it, you know, it, this is going to change the way we live in America. Um, and I think for the better, uh, kind of going along with how uh, a lot of people coming from the Great Depression, uh, you know, used to water down their milk or, or save every little bit of food, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think this is going to change America for the better personally. And we're going to be a lot more, uh, ho- you know, hold ourselves accountable more than what we did before. All right, going on into the uh, product news and reviews, uh, we're going to be talking about some new things that have come out. I personally don't have any products at the moment uh, to review ourselves, but there's just been a couple things that's come out that I think is pretty interesting that I wanted to go ahead and talk about. Uh, first one is Ruger's new uh, takedown PC. Uh, it is along the same lines as the uh, Ruger PC carbine that they released, uh, but it is actually a pistol. And uh, I actually saw they're starting to sell them uh, on Classic Farms. I got a promotional email today uh, for, I want to say it was $8.99, comes with an SB Tactical uh, folding brace on it. And of course, it takes the Smith & Wesson Shield magazines, uh, or there's an adapter that you can use Glock magazines. And of course, I think most people are going to use the Glock magazines because that's where you got more uh, aftermarket magazines, uh, high-capacity magazines, things of that nature. Uh, so I think that is amazing. I've constantly said I think Ruger is killing it. Uh, they have been killing it the past five or six years, coming out with new innovative products. Uh, but it's just not honestly the company that a whole lot of people think of when they think of new innovative products. They really don't think of Ruger. Uh, but Ruger has been killing it lately the past five or six years, and this is just another great example. Uh, yeah, what, what, one thing I love about Ruger is that they're, they're not the tactical company. Right. They're they're old school. But you know what? You, you look at different firearms companies and, and who's putting out how many new guns a year um, and they're right at the top. They're right at the top of innovation. May not may, may be not innovating in the ways that the YouTube crowd, uh, um, you know, gets behind or supports, but innovating in ways that maybe the rest of the world really cares about and loves. So you got to hand it to them for their efforts in that regard. Absolutely. And uh, I think it was the uh, story I heard is that the uh, old owner of Ruger said that he was never going to manufacture a farm that holds more than 10 rounds because he felt that nobody needed more than 10 rounds. Uh, But since he's passed on and the new owners take place, uh, they have really, you know, because of that time where they didn't have that new innovative stuff, uh, Ruger, I don't think it's ever going to be considered a tactical company. Uh, But they make a lot of stuff that a lot of the what you would call tactical people uh, that own those kind of firearms and like those kind of farms are still really going to like some of their handguns uh, like the Ruger security nines. You know, I say a lot of people, Hey, if you only have two or 300 bucks and you want a a decent handgun, go for that one. 
Uh, don't go for Taurus. Go for like you know one of the Ruger handguns. Uh, and then of course their PC carbines and now their PC pistols. Um, you know looks amazing, honestly. Yep, I agree. Next uh, next item is going to be coming from Rise. They just came out with a new uh, drop-in trigger for less than $200, Rise Armament. Uh, and I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, actually, with my stimulus check that I'm be getting, I'm planning on building me a new AR-15. And I've been looking at some new... Uh, some new triggers and uh, Rise Armament's new trigger that came out sub two thousand or sub two hundred bucks um, looks pretty nice. I actually like a flat trigger personally myself, both my rifles and my pistols, uh, and it's got a little bit of a curve into it, but it's not as much as a set curve uh, as most of your AR-15s. That's pretty interesting. Uh, go check out Rise Armament's website for their new triggers. And this is something that's really interesting that I wanted to talk about because uh, we were talking about truckers earlier. Uh, Rivian has come out uh, and they're offering truck seats allowing for comfortable concealed carry. Uh, and this is specifically targeted for, for truck, you know, truck seats, truck drivers. Um, so, you know, if you've ever been inside of a, a semi, uh, those com- those seats are, are way more comfortable than a regular seat that you see in a vehicle uh, because they're sitting on their ass a whole of a lot longer than the rest of us. Uh, but these seats uh, are supposed to be a little bit more comfortable, but they also fit in like normal F-150s and stuff like that. Now, they're going to be coming out with different models and whatnot. Um, but basically what it is, is it offers more room uh, around your hip areas uh, for like your, uh, if you're, of course, you're carrying either at the three or nine o'clock, uh, more room at the hip areas for your uh, grip of your pistol uh, to be kind of pushed backwards. That way it's, you know, when you sit down and you sit back in your seat, your grip isn't pushing against the back of the seat and pushing forward, kind of adjusting, you know, funkily your, uh, your holster. And I think it's pretty cool. Uh, if you want to go take a look at that, uh, the firearms blog is where I got this, uh, article about this new seat from, uh, and it was published on the 30th. So go check that out. If you want to look at Ravian for their, uh, truck seats, allowing for comfortable concealed carry. All right. You got any, uh, cool firearms products that you purchased recently that you want to talk about Austin? A good question. I mean, you you mentioned you mentioned triggers uh, in an AR, and as we built Blackbeard, um, we we uh, bought a bunch of different triggers from all different manufacturers, make sure that it'll be compatible with those. And and I think <laughs> that's if, if you're going to replace one thing on your AR, it's that trigger. Um, that's it's probably the thing that'll make the biggest difference in terms of comfort and usability, and a difference in your shooting is is get rid of the stock trigger and get a nice one. So be it from uh, you know, there's dozens of manufacturers that, you know, probably a dozen of the top ones. Uh, it's, it's worth that investment in making that trigger a nice one. Absolutely. And, you know, if you can kill it with a stock trigger, that's fucking awesome. That's great. More power to you. Uh, but once you put in a new trigger into your AR-15, it is the difference between night and day. If you're killing it with a stock trigger, just put in a, put in an aftermarket trigger that's worth a damn and you will be damn near Jerry Miculet fast it, it's <laughs> it's it's that much of a difference it's insane you don't um, know what so, you're missing until you try it absolutely uh, and actually uh, CMC triggers uh, I'm I'm proudly from Texas originally that's where all my family's from uh, and CMC triggers I just got an email today uh, you know if you're listening to this hopefully they'll, they'll be running it tomorrow. Uh, but they got an email today that CMC Triggers is giving away a free tr- uh, Glock trigger with a purchase of a Glock barrel. 
so you can, and I looked this up, you can get yourself a trigger and a barrel for $205 free shipping from CMC triggers. So if you're looking at buying a, a Glock uh, pistol out there, if you've got a Poly 80, uh, I myself actually got two serialized frames, Gen 3 Glock 19s, uh, got them for 40 bucks a piece. And I've uh, been building those and thinking about uh, get, thinking about pulling the trigger on that today uh, <laughs> to get me one of those those barrels and triggers. All right, let's go ahead and get into our final segment, and this is going to be the cultural segment. And Austin, we talk about uh, either a book or a game or a movie that's something heavily firearms related. Um, and the reason I go into this is because uh, I love books. Uh, I do, you know, not so much anymore since I don't have as much time, but I used to like a lot of uh, shooting games. And then, of course, Honestly, movies is probably what really got me into firearms. Uh, growing up as a, a, you know, born in the late 80s, growing up in the 90s, you know, I had the Die Hards, the Lethal Weapons, fucking RoboCop, you know, watching that growing up. Um, so we're going to be talking, actually, today, we're going to be talking about our first game. Uh, and this is going to be coming uh, from the Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And a lot of young shooters uh, that I talk to at the range and at gun stores, uh, they get a lot of... You know, their love for firearms. And hell, even my son, uh, before I even took him shooting because he's a humongous uh, like Fortnite fan, uh, my son actually knows a lot about his guns from video games. So this is going to be talking about the Call of Duty Modern Warfare game. Do you, are you, do you play any gaming uh, systems or anything like that? So, no, that's a short answer. I got uh, I got six kids. And so oh, I, damn. I, I, all, all my gun stuff is at work and uh, a little bit of play, but the rest of it is tied up with family stuff. I got you. Well, just talking about in the Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare, the newest game that they released, uh, obviously there's going to be a Desert Eagle Mark uh, 19. Uh, it's going to be in what the game calls 50GS. Uh, so that is going to be one of the, um, the, the handguns in that game. Uh, going on into the next firearm that is going to be talked about in there is a Glock 21. Uh, they call it the X16 in there. Uh, kind of interesting to have it as a 21 and not a 17, but I guess maybe they wanted to go a little bit different. But they also have a, a Glock variant of a 34. Uh, this actually has the stock adaptation in it with some little red dot sight on it. They also, yeah, they also have a uh, Urban Defiler, uh, which is uh, kind of a mixture between like a, a Glock and also an Arms Strike One pistol. Uh, that they have in there. They also have a custom uh, Kimber Custom TLE 1911. Of course, they're going to have a 1911 in there. Uh, any any gun in any game is going to have uh, some sort of Glock or uh, 1911 there. Something that's pretty interesting is they have actually the, the SIG M19 in there. Uh, you're starting to see a lot of that in different things because uh, the Army adaptation and actually all the law enforcement in my area uh, adopted the SIG 320s. So you're starting to see a lot more SIGs to kind of start breaking into the cultural uh, segment of the gun world. You also have a Colt Anaconda and a Smith & Wesson Model 581. And those are going to be just some of the handguns in there. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is a pretty interesting uh, pretty interesting game. Uh, it's 
one that actually I want to get into. I, like I said, I used to do a lot more shooting games. Uh, don't do it anymore just because everything that I have going on. Uh, but I actually looked at getting this new Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare game out there because uh, the storyline looks pretty good. The graphics look really good. Uh, looks like there's a lot of cool different firearms in there. Something that me and my son will probably like to play. My son's nine. Uh, he's big into Fortnite, but he also likes a lot of shooting games. So this is something that he probably would like. Uh, so that's something I... I'm going to probably try and get once this quarantine is over, uh, maybe in the summer, uh, because I'm homeschooling now because now fucking school is closed all year for the rest of the school year. And I am also a homeschool teacher now that I have to try and get my son to do. So I can't get really get him to play any games on top of trying to do his schoolwork. And the last thing I want to talk about in the culture segment is since it is quarantining, uh, if you live in a, uh, uh, stay-at-home order state. Uh, here's some, uh, actually comes to us from Pew Pew Tactical. It's published on the 27th. And this is the 10 best Kindle books for firearms enthusiasts. Now, I love reading. Uh, actually, like I said, I just bought a couple brand new books uh, before the quarantine and the closing of non-essential uh, books, you know, non-essential stores, which bookstores were included. Uh, so if you have a chance, and obviously you're staying home, Bookstore is probably not considered an essential business, so it's already closed. But these are books that you can get on your Kindle. Uh, if you have some sort of tablet, you can read these at home. Number one is the Long Range Shooting Handbook from Ryan Kleckner. Can't say enough of awesome stuff about this gun or, or this book. It's a great one. Another one uh, is Deadly Force, Understanding Your Right to Self-Defense by Masada Yub. Uh, Masada Yub is a well-known name in firearms instruction. Uh, dry Fire Reloaded plus Drills and Skill Reloaded. This is by Ben Stoger. Ben Stoger is another great name in firearms instruction. We've been talking about dry fire practice all throughout the show. Uh, so this is a great book for you if you want to go ahead and pick it up along with your Mantis X that you're hopefully ordering after this. Next book is Good Strategy, Bad Strategy, The Difference and Why It Matters by Richard, uh, I'm going to say Rumole. Uh, it's R-U-M-E-L-T. I'm not going to try and pronounce that, uh, but I'm going to say Rumole. That's another good book that they're talking about. Insurgents, Raiders, and Bandits. This is by John Aquila. Uh, this is kind of part history. Got some firearms stuff to do with it. Bushcraft 101, A Field Guide to the Art of Wilderness Survival by Dave Canterbury. Uh, the next book is going to be Emergency War Surgery, The Survivalist Medical Desk Reference Department of the Army. Mm, probably dry fucking reading. Uh, World War Z and oral, uh, oral History of the Zombie War by Max Brooks. Now, this was actually uh, a book, or not a book, but a movie not too long ago uh, with Brad Pitt on it. And I've read this a long time ago because I've always been a zombie fan ever since I was in high school. And I will tell you, the book is by far way the hell better than the movie. So if you even remotely like the movie, you would need to get yourself the book. Uh, Sniper on the Eastern Front, the memoirs of Sip Alberger, Knight's Cross. And this is by... Albert Albrecht Wacker. And then the last book on this list that you should probably take a look at is Stalingrad, the fateful siege, 1942 to 1943 by Anthony B. Vor. And I am a humongous history buff. So I'm sure that is a great book. Austin, I greatly appreciate you being on the show. We're going to go ahead and close this out. Is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners? No, not at all, but thanks for having me on the show. Enjoyed it thoroughly and hope we get to chat more soon. Absolutely, man. If you ever need any feedback on those Mantis systems, give me a holler. I would love to play with some of the new stuff that y'all go, going out. It is sounds amazing, especially that Blackbeard. I honestly can't wait for that to come out. Cool beans, man. Awesome, Austin. I greatly appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Bye.
need more like Mandy, yeah. Stay up, take Addies, yeah. I'm trying to fix this damage, yeah. You know I keep that candy, yeah. I need more like Mandy, yeah. Stay up, take Addies, yeah. I'm trying to fix this damage, yeah. I'm in my head again. I took more medicine. Ripped up the parts from my heart and my chest again. Well, that was our interview with Austin from Manus X, and I hope y'all really enjoyed it damn near as much as I did, because, like I said, this wasn't a fluff piece. I really fucking enjoy Manus X. I love their products. I love what they put out, and honestly, everything that they've done of as a company, uh, the fucking trade-in program, the quarantine contest that they're doing, it's fucking awesome. And it's the kind of stuff that can keep you from losing your fucking mind if you are self-quarantining yourself or if you're in a state living uh, where there's a stay-at-home order going on. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Austin being on. And I hope you go check them out at Manus X. Uh, please do. I think it's a great product. And it's a great product for all shooters out there of every skill level. So with that, let's go ahead and start closing out this show. Uh, I greatly appreciate y'all listening to another episode of 2A Lifestyle Podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and check out our social media. We are on Facebook, the number 2A Lifestyle, and on Instagram, 2 spelled out T-W-O-A Lifestyle, and on TikTok uh, now, uh, 2 spelled out T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Be looking out for some videos coming out on TikTok. Uh, we got a YouTube that also we're going on. Uh, I can't remember the fucking name, but off the top of my head at the moment. Uh, and then also, we're going to be releasing our video podcast once I get this motherfucker up and running. So, very excited about that. And also, if you enjoy the, uh, the podcast, enjoy our social media, check out our Patreon. Why the fuck not? You know, go ahead, slip us a dollar every month. Uh, you know, give whatever you can. Do it one month if you need to. That's all you can do. Uh, you can, do, you know, give us one dollar uh, and then cancel subscription, but still give us that however much money you want to give us. Greatly appreciate every fucking dime that you guys give us of your hard-earned money, especially with the uh, fucking you know closing of non-essential business. You know what I what they call non-essential businesses, but every fucking business that is opening and making money is essential because people want their stuff. Uh, so you know I hope this shit passes over quickly because it's a bunch of bunch of horse shit in my opinion. Uh, it's you know scary for certain people, uh, but don't let this fucking Dictate your lives. Don't live in fear. Still enjoy your lives. If you guys are having any issues, and we kind of mentioned it in the podcast, uh, if you guys are having any issues, please reach out to us uh, or reach out to the National Suicide Hotline. Uh, we want you here. We don't want you to uh, end your life. Um, you know, suicide is something that I deal with constantly in my line of profession in law enforcement. We go out to them. And then also there's lots of law enforcement officers, uh, you know, uh, commit suicide. So we want you here. I want you here. Uh, so if you have that issue, please reach out either to us or to someone for help. Um, that's, that's fucking deadly serious. You know, I joke around, cuss a lot, all that kind of shit on this podcast, but that's deadly serious. And I hope you know this, uh, that, you're wanted in this world if you're having those issues with this COVID-19 scare. Uh, also, uh, go ahead and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Leave us a review. It's the best way for people to find us if they are looking for gun-related content on any podcast uh, platform or app. And uh, also, uh, if you have a business and you are looking to market yourself, uh, this is something that hopefully... Uh, Mantis, if you're Austin, if you're listening, if you're looking to market yourself, we are looking for sponsors on this podcast. Uh, that is something that we're looking into. Uh, we've reached out, you know, some companies have reached out to us already, but no, nobody has uh, taken the plunge with us yet. So hopefully that will happen. 
Uh, and go on and keep on enjoying the 2A lifestyle. And I will see y'all in two weeks. I still see your shadows in my room. Can't take back the love that I gave you. It's to the point why I love and I hate you. And I cannot change you, so I must replace you. Oh, easier said than done. I thought you were the one listening to my heart instead of my head. You found another one, but I am the better one. I won't let you forget me.